Uh, our people used to garden long before the white people came here, or, or maybe the first people who introduced seeds and things like that came, and there was lots of viable, like good garden gardening happening, in particularly around Dawson area, Pelly Crossing, um, uh, here in the Klawani First Nations region. There was a lot of um, newcomers. The first newcomers that came introduced gardening, so it went it 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 went really well. And there was a lot of um, there's a lot of knowledge about that already by the older ones. So that's why we we make sure we interview the elders as well, so that they can make recommendations and um, and then so a lot of emphasis on community gardening as an economic initiative for the community. Nobody's going to volunteer gardening much anymore. Just people need money to live so it has to be that way and uh, also husbandry people are starting to check out you know raising chickens for eggs and growing pigs like there is in down here in Klawani in Burwash people are beginning to look at farming local farming farming Yukon First Nations hold a lot of land in the territory and that and then they're also looking at very seriously looking at the ancient methods of conservation as well because of what we have left, like our, the few moose and caribou and fish that we do have left, there has to be stringent conservation me- measures. However, we have problems with the government's understanding that these co- ancient conservation methods are viable for them. It's not viable for them. They don't listen to it. They, for example, they put a number on the amount of salmon that's coming up that's going to come up the Yukon River the first maybe the first two weeks in July and they put a no fishing strategy on that they said there are no, no fishing rule and all the First Nations comply because they want to have salmon in the long time in the long term but that's when all the males come up and that's when they're the leaders they lead the 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 older fish will lead the, up the river streams and into the spawning areas and then the females will come later. And then they, if there's enough, then the sonar will determine that there's more fish coming. So then they'll open fisheries and the females are coming. The males have gone by. So it's not a good strategy. Um, there's lots of uh, conservation strategies that have done a lot of harm to our, our resources up here. And governments need to listen up. Ne- governments need to pay attention to the ancient methods of strat- conservation strategies that the people are talking about now. But within our regions, we're also self-governed in this territory. We have 11 land claims agreements that have been settled. 11 of us are self-governed and those people are, they own lands and they have a say on other sectors of lands. So that uh, we're supposed to be in co-management, we're supposed to be in partnership with these people, with the governments. but. They need to listen now to the traditional knowledge of the people because it's our life. They come and go. They can leave and go south and live wherever they want to after they've made their bucks up there. They will leave here and then and lots of them do live here with us. So together we need to come together with strategies, food strategies for our own territory and water. So um, the, the communities, were, so we're starting grassroots, we're doing community community small community based strategies and a lot of it is yeah let's start paying attention to some of these ancient methods of our people and start conserving what we do have so the more people we engage in these strategies the more people talk about it and 
and feel a bit more secure for their future now that they have a plan. We're changing so fast now and that um, we have to adapt. So what are going to be some of our adaptation strategies? We need to, um, we need to get those down. We need those uh, strategies to be put out there. We need, we need partnership to develop those strategies. And uh, so we're getting there slowly. Well, I would eventually like to do all 14 First Nations communities and then they, they would be then, right now we're completing three and uh, I would eventually like to do with, work with all Yukon First Nations communities and uh, get these stra- locally based strategies happening, get people thinking about the future, getting them planning their future. Our elders foresaw what was coming. They predicted this. They, they predicted the change because of of the world becoming so overpopulated and, all, and uh, all kinds of uses of chemicals and oil and gas burning and all of that. Our elders p- predicted these long time ago. It's just um, the land claim settlement started here in the Yukon Territory, I believe in the 1930s and 1940s. And a couple of chiefs said, whoa, here, there's just too many people. We got to we got to start planning. So a lot of these strategies are based, they just didn't use the f- words food strategies or food security, but it's for, it was always for our children's future, together today for our children tomorrow. So that's the, has always been a strategy. It's just, it's a different, it's more get to the point now, let's talk food. Like right now you buy a piece of meat, the beef in the, in the stores, it's like $40. It's unreal. It's like, and that's not enough to feed a family. We, we are food, there's men, there's 17% of Yukon First Nations that are food insecure. I can very safely say it's First Nations because it's mostly indigenous peoples who are food insecure. Like Nunavut is almost half, it's 44%. Something is wrong here in the Arctic and people need to listen to that and need to work together with us and, and uh, you know begin to look at it very seriously. The cost is really high because um, everything is imported. Everything comes from the south. I mean, you, we get all our cows or whatever else, uh, meat and things like that from around Alberta. And uh, we used to get a lot of stuff from California. That's changed now because of the drought. But we're getting a lot of um, now vegetables from Mexico. It's far away from Mexico. And by the time it gets here on our plate, it's probably one to two percent. Um, nutritious. It's just not nutritious anymore. It's not very healthy. So that's another huge strategy. We have to start looking at this territory to to provide more of its food and we can and uh, and they are. They're starting. We just need to make it as important as possible because when it comes right down to it you can talk land at big corporate board boardrooms forever and ever but it's food and water when it comes right down to it that's going to, um, that, that's of most importance. You can grow anything, squash, people have grown watermelons in Dawson City area. Dawson City is unreal for, it's just absolutely a beautiful place to, they have good soil, they have good sunshine, they're almost 24 hour sunshine, not like an old crow is 24 hours, but in Dawson it's almost. So lots of sunlight, they have really good production and, uh, what's the word, agricultural areas there and they've done it for years there. And uh, also Teslin area, they're pretty much all over the Yukon, you can do that. Some areas need a lot of help. In particularly one area for sure that needs a lot of help in soil would be the Kluwani First Nations area.
I mean, you guys who are studying glacier and studying soils in this area could probably help us uh, figure out the best way to um, to do that and and work with the soil in this area. But yeah, there's a we can grow anything in the Yukon Territory. It's a matter of it's a matter of working together with Yukon First Nations people as well as Yukon Territorial Government. We need that to happen sooner than later, and it's been a struggle, a real struggle, to develop a cooperative partnership with them. And uh, But their people, like all the people, and non-Aboriginal people and Aboriginal peoples that live here, will soon realize that we have to do this together. And there's a lot of production right now of potatoes and carrots and root vegetables that are now being sold in the local supermarkets here. So that's really good. So it can be done here. It's just a matter of, you know, letting go of this politics and these things that are, uh, it could be racism or whatever it is that's between our peoples in this territory. We need to begin to start working together and working and let those things go and move on and move forward and uh, adapt to the climate change and adapt to everything that's happening here in the Arctic. Like right now there's, uh, there's big potato farms that are going on and that's good but people are the elders are always saying start small don't overwhelm yourselves don't we don't we have to educate young people for as farmers there's a lot of work to be done to to get there in each community so start with a community garden and a a greenhouse and that's big enough for your people and then if you need to expand expand and then you start selling to the local restaurants and you start selling further and wider you know people they we don't want to you know, people who start off too big, it just doesn't work out in the long run because you have to have capacity issues. You have to, you know, there's a lot of things that, that has to come into play here. We know how to live in the winter. We're Arctic people. Yeah. We know how to conserve and preserve and take care of our food for the winter. We know all that as, a, as Indigenous peoples and others who have lived in the territories with us for all these thousands of years uh, or hundreds of years, I mean. So we know how to do that. It's just a matter of getting the facilities to be able to do that. Like root cellars used to work really well in non-permafrost areas or even permafrost areas. I mean, all over the Yukon, cellars used to work very well. So in the permafrost areas, that's going to be different now. We need community freezers. We need those kinds of things uh, also to make sure that uh, we can be and, and places where we can store vegetables over the winter and that kind of thing. People are looking at growing vegetables over the winter and the elders don't seem to like that at all. They kind of like, I don't know, um, but the Yukon Research Center is also researching a lot. The Yukon College, local Yukon College here, is researching um, a lot of climate change uh, type issues in relation to adaptation as well in terms of agriculture and other things. So so people are moving in the right direction. The problem is we're not working together as well as we should. And incorporating traditional knowledge of indigenous peoples is very, very important because we live here. We're not going to go anywhere. We've always been here. My people have been documented 33,000 years. I mean, how long do we have to prove that we've, we, we know this place and we have this knowledge, you know? Right. So yeah, we just, we just need to work together. Be awesome if we get there.